the the district knows that this is a witch hunt. They know what Marcy Captor's behavior is. Um, they know that the AP it w- was at some point they were going to launch their October surprise. I think what bothers people here is that Marcy Captor, at the end of the day, is still my congresswoman. And instead of stifling this and, and coming to my aid, knowing that my DD-214 needed to be updated, she perpetuated it. She spent thousands of dollars in promoting this through TV and Google. And the people here in the district know that. And so this was just an opportunity to get the message out nationally. Um, I have absolutely no fear about what's going on here in the 9th District because I've been working really, really hard. And I've been sh- shaking every hand, hugging everyone, and, you know, giving them really, really good uh, local home-cooked barbecue. This is the way that you win votes. <laughs> I love that. J.R. Majewski, uh, a little levity to a very serious situation there as he appeared on Steve Bannon's War Room Pandemic discussing the attacks on him and his military record, accusations that he is guilty of stolen valor for embellishing his service in Afghanistan as a part of Operation Enduring Freedom. We are joined now by the GOP Trump-endorsed candidate for Congress in District 9 facing lifer uh, Marcy Captor J.R. Majewski on AM 1420 The Answer. J.R., good to have you on the program. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me, buddy. Um, I just, you know, I, I hate to do that, do it this way, but um, where the hell's my barbecue? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you would have came out to Defiance, Ohio last night, we had a heck of a time. We shot probably 1,500 clays, maybe more, <laughs> and uh, we had some local barbecue and a bunch of folks there, and, and uh, I offered to join them to join me on uh, the war room. So we had a really, really good time last night. It was, yeah, it really looked great, uh, and it looked like they were having a great time, and it must feel good to have the kind of support that you do from the people in the community and, most importantly, in your district in what is um, what is essentially an extraordinary uh, attempt at character assassination. So what I intend to do here, Jr., as I said to you yesterday, um, is, is I'm going to ask every tough question there is. I'm going to put it all out there, and I want everybody to hear uh, the the truth and the specifics. Much of what you gave to Steve Bannon, I want you to talk about here. Much of what you gave to uh, Greg Kelly on Newsmax, I want to talk about here, so that there can be no doubt and no dispute. Because I think you would agree, as a veteran, uh, Jr. One of the one of the worst things that I think anybody can do when it comes to scam or fraud is to engage in stolen valor. To you know, you see these people from time to time, you know, uh, panhandling or going to. Uh, highly populated locations wearing a uniform that is not theirs and proclaiming to be a suffering, struggling, uh, you know, homeless veteran, please give some money. And um, it's just about as low as it gets. So what they're accusing you of here is extraordinarily serious, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And they've they've gotten a lot of veterans that are, you know, just reading the headlines. And they've actually, I believe they've edited the article three or four times now. But, um, of that, I have they, no doubt, because because yeah. you're responding, and people are responding on right. your behalf, including one of your colleagues, which we'll talk about here in a moment. I want to give a summary, though, Jr., and get you to respond to just the summary uh, as Yahoo reported it, citing uh, the Associated Press. Here's, here's the way they phrased it. 
The Associated Press reported Wednesday, and this is last Wednesday, one week ago today, that Majewski had misrepresented his military service. According to military records, he was primarily stationed at an Air Force base in Japan, but served a six-month deployment in Qatar, uh, loading planes to support the Afghanistan war effort in 2002. This is in contrast to the language of his campaign, where he refers to himself as a combat veteran, and a biography published by National Republicans referring to him as part of a squadron that was one of the first on the ground in Afghanistan, after 9-11, end quote. So, Jer, let, let's, let's correct what needs to be corrected in that statement, if anything, before I start asking you specifics. Okay, so as the Air Force confirmed, I was, po- I was deployed to Qatar from May to November of 2002. I served with the 60th Aerial Port out of Travis Air Force Base, but once I reached the Middle East, I was part of the 64th Air Expeditionary Group, and we were there in direct support of Operation During Freedom, and our job was to fulfill outbound transport and move troops, move cargo, and, you know, everything that, that uh, the forward operating bases needed in the combat zones throughout the Middle East, and that included Afghanistan. And uh, I've just yesterday received response from the Air Force, and they sent me my pay stubs showing that I received imminent danger pay, which, uh, you know, that qualifies me as a combat veteran. IDP, imminent danger pay, it means that you were literally in imminent danger, and that means you were. In fact, I, I was looking at some of the comments, Jr., uh, about people who don't like you, people who are supporters of Marcy Captor, who are just grasping at anything they can to say that you're a liar and you're, a, uh, you know, you're, you're you're embellishing your record. And they said, "Ask him if he shot any." I think this was in response to the uh, uh, Bannon thing. Ask him if he ever shot anybody if he's a combat veteran. Um, that that seems to be a common mistake. People think that you have to engage in firefights to be in a combat zone. There are a lot of people in right. combat zones making them combat veterans who don't actually fire uh, fire weapons, but who are there in various other roles like yours. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I touched on some of the challenging aspects and, and you know the experiences that I had you know when I served in the Middle East, but I've never claimed to have served a rough combat tour in Afghanistan or that I was engaged in the firefight or I was Rambo and I killed people with my bare hands. I mean, that, that never happened. I mean, I was a young serviceman in a foreign land and had an assignment that, you know, put me in continual motion and it came with periods of difficulty. I mean, any young man who's in their early twenties serving in the middle East without their friends and family in 125 plus degree heat is going to have a tough time, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I never claimed to have a combat action badge. Uh, which would, you know, designate me as being in a firefight. I've, I've never made that claim. No, uh, and that is different than being a combat veteran. One can be a combat veteran, uh, moving supplies, moving men, moving troops, providing uh, uh, transport to you know into these combat zones. Uh, because guess what? <laughs> if there are troops that you are moving, there are troops that can be fired upon, or can be targeted with a uh, you know, or, or can be in danger of IEDs. All of these different things could happen to you, which is why it is a combat zone. Which is why you received imminent danger pay. Now, Jer, so you came out with that form or that pay stub, mm-hmm. if you will, showing him in a danger pay, which means you were in combat or in a combat mm-hmm. zone. Um, mm-hmm. Why no other records? Um, this is something I know Greg asked you and you have spoken to, and I want to I want you to be as specific as you can because your uh, your colleague uh, and and I know his 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 face was blurred and his voice was distorted because he wants to maintain his privacy, but he came out and spoke. 
uh, in support of you and, and saying you essentially did most of the same things that he did. Um, you, you, you worked at the same time at the same place. Um, you were <clears> indeed in these combat zones. But he's got a big, long list of ribbons and uh, uh, commendations and things that, that obviously mark his time in service and where he was and what he did. You don't have those things. He explained why. Right. Now I want you to explain why. Well, primarily because the Global War on Terrorism Expeditionary Medal wasn't created until 2003, and I'd already completed my duty and exited the service, you know, soon after. And I just never filled out the DD Form 249 to have my records updated. And I firmly believe that this was a coordinated attack because they know that it takes a minimum of six weeks to work through the Air Force Personal Records Center and apply for your DD2, my DD-214 to be updated. I mean, it, it gets into um, a process where veterans aren't the priority. It's, it's you know, the active duty personnel, the people that are actually exiting the service. So you, know, you get lost in an administrative process. And throughout the years, you know, I've, I've, I've contacted the AFPRC. I've contacted the Veterans Administration. And, you know, I've, I've been consistently passed from one, you know, waiting phone call, one dial pad phone call to an operator that, Ultimately, just tells me it's not that's not their department. I have to go call someone else, and uh, you know I just lost the desire over the years to to, to have that updated. We're, if you just turn the radio on, we are talking with House GOP candidate J.R. Majewski. He's challenging uh, Marcy Kaptur in District 9. She's been there pretty much as long as she's been alive. Uh, she is a career politician. She has done absolutely nothing, and quite frankly, for people like you, J.R., you mentioned in that uh, response to Steve that she ultimately is still your representative. You live in her district, and she has never done anything to help you, even before I would imagine you became a candidate uh, against her. To, to get your DD-214 updates, did you make efforts in that regard? Did you go to her office or contact anybody there to say, hey, can you help me cut through the red tape and get all my updated records? Um, no, because, you know, I <clears throat> I was I was actually thinking about going to her office and, and, and recording it and, and, you know, making a big deal out of it. But at the end of the day, you know, I just, I just don't want to take part in those dirty politics. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the last thing I need is to go there and then have Marcy Kapter, you know, pretend as if, you know, I'm attacking her or... You know, I'm 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 using what, what what they commonly refer to as like guerrilla tactics. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't I don't want to be that guy. At the end of the day, uh, Marcy Kaptur spent thousands of dollars promoting this, and I know she has absolutely no interest in helping me. I mean, she she mm-hmm. hasn't really helped many of the veterans here in the district outside of you know the honor flight. Jared, going back to the to the records and to ribbons and and other things for which you were in, to which you were entitled for your service, um, is it common to to not go because of the red tape? Everything you were just talking about to go through the process and get my DD two fourteen update and get everything I've got coming to me for my time there. Is it common for guys just to say, "Oh, the hell with it," or is it uncommon? Or I mean, do you do you know of any others who just said, "You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to go through the process because what what am I ever going to need them for anyway?" I think it's common. I mean, a lot of the guys that stay in, you know, for 20 years or, or more, you know, they're, they're much more educated in the system and, you know, they, they understand the dilemmas primarily because they have, you know, folks assigned to them that leave the service that may call them for assistance in getting their records updated. And for, you know, young men like me that, that uh, serve four years and get out, we're not, I mean, we're not as forward looking as we probably should be. In hindsight, I, I should have, uh, you know, I should have, 
push back, but at the end of the day, like my buddy said yesterday, I was just a kid. And who would have thought that this would be, um, a, you know, a, a point in my life where I would have to defend my military service because I'm running for, for office in a free country. You know, who would have thought that t- something 20 years ago, an administrative mistake that I'm, you know, a lot, a lot happened 20 years ago would be something that would use, you know, would be used to you know, try to assassinate my character. I mean, I never would have thought that would happen. In hindsight, I wish I would have done it, but I didn't. And, you know, I have to live with that. And I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to take the blame and, and, and be accountable. But, you know, I'm not willing to take the blame or be accountable for being accused of stolen valor because that, that is absolutely something that uh, I've, I've never claimed. And, look, I'm friends with Navy, former Navy SEALs, or, you know, once a SEAL, always a SEAL from what they right. tell me. And uh, retired you know, I got Navy a couple SEALs. of good buddies. Yeah, retired SEALs. Um, Dave Rogers is a really good friend of mine. He's come to the district. He's spoken on my behalf. A uh, good friend of mine was in Delta Force. He's a local gun manufacturer here in Port Clinton. And those guys, you know, they, they understand my character. They understand, you know, my wife and I's service to veterans. They understand the fundraisers that we've done. They understand you know, the financial support we've given. And that can't be taken away from me. But I'm not going to gloat about that. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep pushing on issues. And I'm going to keep fighting against Marcy Kapker and this evil party that is trying to uh, – Stop honest, regular Americans from running for office. That's what right. this is about. This is about me being just, a, in their eyes, a regular old guy that uh, could spoil their fun in Washington, D.C. Well, Captor has done this before to other candidates who have been threats to her. She hasn't had too many threats, to be honest with you, but um, she did the same thing to a Tea Party candidate about 20 years ago. Uh, so this is not unusual. They'll do whatever it takes to try to stop somebody, particularly you've got the, the support of President Trump. Uh, so I want to do two other things. I want to talk about some issues. I want to talk about President Trump and his uh, endorsement of you, but but super quick. Um Somebody who has dropped their support of you, at least financially, is the National Republican Congressional Committee. They pulled a million dollar ad buy after reading uh, this uh, this AP, you know, hack, hatchet job on you and Marcy Captor's attack on you. Um, do you ha- how do you feel about the fact that they pulled their money? That I mean, is that them saying they don't believe you, or is that them saying, well, Marcy Captor just won this race by attacking uh, our guy, and so we shouldn't throw good money after bad? What is your feeling about that poll? Well, I haven't talked to the NRCC um, to, to, to discuss the issue. From what I've been told by the NRCC's leadership is that their independent expenditures group is different from the leadership group. And whether that's true or not, I have no idea. Um, they did. I did get a call from them after the funding was pulled, and I was apologized to, and I was told that you know they felt as if it was premature and they weren't aware that it was happening, but... You know, one has to believe that this is politics. You know, one has to believe that, you know, you can't trust anybody. So, you know, I don't know where I stand mentally on it. Um, I, I know that that hurt more than these claims, to be honest, you know, um, feeling like you're, you know, left for dead by the party. But at, but realistically, Washington, D.C. doesn't vote in the ninth District, the people here do. And, you know, they can try to manipulate this race all they want if that's their intentions. And we're just going to keep fighting. I mean, I want a primary let's, by fighting. And let's let's talk about that part, the fact that uh, you're right. D.C. doesn't vote in this. The people in your district do. 
how has the race how tight has the race been um is the and do you think that's the reason why they came out when they did with as you refer to it as somewhat of an october surprise um how much of a threat are you to marcy captor in terms of if you've got polling or what other evidence you've got yeah so i was within the margin of error i believe i was down by one point during our polling and we had uh, a pretty um um reputable um pollster do our our polling mm-hmm. and it looked as if you know we were we were in a good spot because I had not spent money uh, at that point against Marcy where she had already spent three quarters of a million dollars. I haven't I hadn't spent any TV time or any radio time, so you know we felt very very confident that once we did launch, we were going to gain margin. And the polling showed that Marcy had limited to no room to grow, where I had you know um, like 21 points that I could have uh, I could have taken advantage of. So we were very very confident. Um, we believe that Marcy did some polling and that showed her in trouble. And that was, you know, that and, and, and also, you know, the fact that military ballots were coming out, um, you know, last week. Yeah, the timing we, we is really that, interesting there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> believe that that's, that that was something that they were holding in their pockets based on their polls. And, uh, and I, I firmly believe that this this hurts a little bit, but again, this this election is a referendum on, against the Democratic Party that she supports. She's voted 100 percent alignment with, with Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. I mean, Ohioans cannot be confused by that. I, I just don't see how, you know, this can resonate with them. I mean, no, I, I even I concur. If, she's yeah, she's she's been there so long. She has she's not a fringe member. She is one of the core drivers of this Democrat policy that has this country and the state, quite frankly, in the mm-hmm. state that it's in. So I think that is extraordinarily mm-hmm. important. So to that end, J.R. Majewski, give me a little just a brief summary of your platform. Why did you decide to run after all of these years of Marcy Captor's devastation, in my opinion, of the her district and the people of Ohio and, and, and the votes that she cast? that impact the entire country. What made you stand up and say, somebody's got to do this. I'm going to be that guy. Why? Well, you know, I spent, I, I grew up in, in Toledo, in the old Polish village in the North End. I grew up to a father, with a father that, you know, worked at uh, Toledo Jeep, worked really, really hard my entire childhood. And after graduating high school in the military, earned my master's degree. And I'll be honest, I got lucky. I got lucky and I was able to, start a career at Davis Bessie and that career launched me into a very successful 20 years in the nuclear power industry. And I, I found myself watching television, watching the news, arguing with my television and frustrating the heck out of my wife. And it was always a, a point of why are our politicians behaving this way? Why are they not solving these issues? The answers were quite clear. Common sense legislation would have stopped a lot of these issues that I believe are self-inflicted. And I decided that no one was going to run against Marcy Camp during the ninth because the district was a D16. And I wanted to shake trees. Whether I could win or not, that was something I didn't care about. I wanted to motivate Republicans to realize that you can't be a couch conservative. You can't be what I was. You can't sit there and complain about issues without being willing to be part of the solution. And so I decided to run. And I never imagined that the district would flip to a Republican-leading district. But when it did, other Republicans decided to be brave at that point 
and run against me. And I defeated a state senator and a state representative in my uh, primary. And they had hundreds of thousands of dollars more than I did. But I still won because I resonate with the people. I don't feel as if this is a given. I never did. I know I have to earn every vote. And I'll never take anything for granted. My life has been filled with challenges. My life has been filled with you know, opportunities that were always there that I had to work hard to capitalize on. And I see this as the same. This is my opportunity to return the opportunities that were given to me to the district. And I'm just tired of driving by my old childhood home and seeing what it's turned into, seeing what my neighborhood's turned into, seeing what Toledo's turned into. And knowing that the Democratic Party is responsible for this. I mean, I grew up in a Democratic family. And it wasn't until President Trump that everybody turned Republican. I mean, we didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left us. And Jim, America um, first, Republicans and conservatives are the future. Yeah, and uh, and that's what America First is all about. For people who don't know the district, by the way, District 9 kind of basically snakes all the way across northern Ohio. So Jr. is referring to Toledo and his hometown and his home area. But District 9 includes portions of Lorraine portions of Lakewood and portions of Avon Lake, also Sandusky. Uh, so there's people within our listening area. There's a, big, and a, there's a lot of people going to be casting votes in District 9 who are listening to us right now. That's the reason this is so important for you to listen to JR. Listen to his platform. Listen to his uh, response to the allegations that he has embellished and exaggerated his uh, military record. He did serve in Afghanistan in combat zones, and by the definition of it, that makes him a combat veteran. He doesn't have to have been engaged in firefights or launching uh, you know, uh, rockets at people or bombs, dropping bombs on people to be in a combat zone and thus worthy of saying uh, that he is a, uh, uh, you know, a combat veteran uh, who is running for Congress. So this attack uh, on uh, on J.R. is uh, unfortunate that it is getting as much play as it is. Uh, and it, particularly when the Republican, the uh, House Republican Campaign Committee decides to pull funding because they don't want to be um, associated with the with the smear that they have they have put on Jr. What about the president, former president? You just mentioned Trump. Um, have, yeah. have you talked to him or his team since this whole thing went down? Obviously, you're the Trump endorsed candidate. It helped you win that primary, which is huge. Any any uh, new correspondence with the uh, team? Oh, they're all in. President Trump told me to fight, fight, fight like hell, and. Uh... If anybody knows how it feels to get attacked and lied to, you know, lied about from the yeah. media, it's that guy. And uh, he's hosting a fundraiser for me in October at Mar-a-Lago. So, you know, he's he's all in. Phenomenal. And I uh, think we're going to see him kick it up a little bit. But, you know, President Trump likes winners. He likes fighters. And that's why he endorsed me. And I have no doubt. You know, you know, I can already hear him saying that to you when this whole thing went down, just telling you fight like hell because yeah, that's exactly yep. what you have to do. And you know what? You have a military background. You know what fighting is all about. You know what it means. Uh, JR, real quick, uh, tell everybody how they can support you. What's the website? My website is JR, the number four, excuse me, JR Majewski, the number four, congress.com. And if you'd like to support financially, a shortcut is JRFOROhio.com. JRFOROhio.com or JR Majewski, the number four, congress.com. So you got two different choices there. I'll link them both up to my webpage and make it easier for people. Uh, they can go to alwayswrite.us and see that. But uh, do not let JR uh, down. Do not let Marcy Captor and the AP and the media smear merchants uh, try to 
uh, tear down this, uh, this, this veteran and this great American who's trying to help the people of District Number 9 here in the state of Ohio. Uh, I'm so glad to hear they're throwing a rally for you and a fundraiser for you, Mar-a-Lago, JR. I appreciate you coming on. And I'm just going to re- reiterate what President Trump told you, man. Keep fighting like hell. Thank you, sir. I appreciate Thank- it. I'll get you an invite to Mar-a-Lago. You can come join us. I would love to do that. Uh, Count me in. We'll make it happen. Yep. All right. Thank you, JR. That's JR Majewski, uh, candidate for Congress in District 9. His story is a very, very important one. You can react to it coming up if you want at 216-901-0945 after the news. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.